Welcome to the Social Work Cats Rocket Science Podcast uh, with me, your host, Bri- well, I say your host, I'm I'm not anybody's host, really, I don't, anyway, I'm Brian Mitchell, I'm hosting this thing. Uh, my name's Ian Burgess, and um, that's it. That's good. Yeah. I mean, if we've got a name, we've got something to hang the discussion <laughs> on and invite you in. Uh, to I'm a social yourself. worker. <laughs> yes, I'm, uh, I'm Rob Mitchell, I'm also a social worker. So, off air... Guess who we've been joined by? Say hello. Yay, hello. I can't believe you guys have been doing this without me. Well, we we thought we'd make a start on the in the vain hope that you join us, and you have. Mm, I think you wanted to get me out, but... Not at all. We were hoping, that's the theme, join in. I mean, don't uh, just leave me... St- well, you need to introduce yourself. Who's, oh, well, who's just walked in? Know who I am. Who's just walked in? Do you in? not know who I am? <laughs> Do you not know who I am? Um, so, yeah, I'm Fazila Hafaji. Uh, being in most of these podcasts, these lot have tried to do it without me. Yeah. I'm glad you alerted me, Brian. I'm here now. <laughs> Sent you a text off there <laughs> while, while they were chatting, yeah. saying, hurry up, get here, because yeah. we need to chat about hope. And last but by no means least, my apologies for going to you last. Hi, I'm Elaine James, and uh, and I work with these um, guys is the best way to describe best it. Best way to describe it. Best You're also it. The, one of the authors. I mean, let's not, let's not, don't hide behind a bushel here. You're one of the main authors on the book. Yes, thank you. You're the first name. I am the first name, although it's always a moot point, really, because um, I'm, I'm becoming more and more intrigued at how many um, people seem to think that my job was to faff about with the press releases and, yeah. and, and design a nice cover, which is, is mainly male Observers and commenters seem to think that. Which weirdly picks up the theme for this podcast. It does pick up the theme. Which is about hope, isn't it? We hope and we pray that people change at some point. Yeah, you do. Because if you can't work with that belief that somebody can change and um, those closed minds can be more open, then what's the point of social work? The point of social work is that you're working with people um, around the opportunity and the potential and the hope that there is something different that yeah. they would want to connect with and and give them a better outcome. And yeah, no, I'm applying my values, but misogyny is misogyny in it, but so I'd, you've got to call it out. Got to call I, it out. You're right, because I think we're a hopeful profession. And I think one of the quotes of the book that people have spoken to me about um, is that about that we, as a profession, believe in people and that we're the only profession that's professionally taught to, to do that. And I think that's one of the things that makes social work at its best so uh, amazing is that genuinely we enter into every relationship with people believing the best mm. of them mm. um, and, and I I don't think you see that from everybody else across the multidisciplinary team well I think Sadly. that's because possibly that the other professions that are involved kind of start with a deficit don't they something about something missing or yeah. something wrong or yes. and I know that the essence of social work is something about being being alongside people where their lives are not are not where they would want them to be but it's not a de- I don't think we start from a deficit no. I could be wrong no well, you've got to, like. you have to start with the deficit to find the diagnosis don't you and if you can't no. find the di- you know what is the impairment is a starting question from 
your pers perspective with every, every capacity assessment you're asked to get involved in. Yeah, I just think of what you were saying there about, say, for instance, the nursing profession. I, mean, I think when I first came into social work, we did see it as I used to view a person in hospital for whom I was allocated as this collection of things that had gone wrong. Yeah. And I had to somehow fix that. Mm. And that was a sort of, and I'm completely opposite, and that's the antithesis of good social yeah. work to mm. my mind. But through community care, that was how we saw it, this, this sort of pro forma that you filled in. Mm. Um, and that was kind of how, I, and that's why I was giving you that funny look, because I was thinking, actually, when I started in hospital social work, yeah. that is very much how I saw people, not as human beings. Mm. No. Um, just as a, this sort of number, a name or a number or a sticker yeah. that I picked up as a referral. Mm. But um, I think, I think, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think we gave that status away, didn't we, to some yeah. degree? Over a period of time, we stopped being the thing that we are and we went, no, we'll be the thing you want us to be. Mm. Because community care made it easy. And I remember having a conversation with my manager, I'm going back 20 years now, and I said, you don't need a degree to do this. This is... Admin, basically. I don't no disrespect to admin colleagues, but that, hey, we were filling in forms. And mm. um, and she said to me, she said, there's a lot of people would see us out of a job for you saying things like that. And I'm looking back now and I think, well, yeah, we shouldn't have been. It was yeah. wrong. <clears throat> it was wrong. It was but, bad. It was bad. But thank, thank heavens we, we've changed. Yeah, And that's the um, thing. I think we have changed. I think you're absolutely right. That is exactly what happened with community care, that, that we became what people wanted us to be. But I noticed... Five, six, seven years ago, I noticed a change, actually, in the profession. I think mm. that the profession, probably through social media, I think that the profession found its voice. Academia had always had, always had the voice exclusively, yeah. I think, in, so, in social work. And then there were trade magazines and things like that, so there was a little bit of engagement with the profession. But I think social media changed everything, and I think the profession found its voice. And it was that medium that began to reject care management and talk okay. about we're doing this job we don't like doing this job and we think social work is this mm. rights-based human rights foundation kind of uh, approach and i think it kind of emerged out of that yeah and at the same time human rights became on the agenda yeah. which is always there from 98 but we were at university in 1998 the year the human rights that came mm. into uh, was drawn up no mention of it three years not one mention of the human rights act um, really but, but yeah but that, that's only i think after i think after bornwood hl and then near that, that that's where from my mind that's where it, we started to really reflect on mm. what we're doing and then the human then article 8 really became an important mm. but until that i'd never even heard of it no article 8 is a really important one because that was at the nub of the matter in in the neary case when you talk about mm. stephen's right to a, a family life and a private life and it, it's always it sits really strongly with me about the hope that he kept that whole year that he would get home the most capacitous thing I've ever heard is Stephen Neary's plan that how Stephen would go to Julie Neary and Julie Neary would ring Mark Neary and Mary, Mark Neary would pick um, would, would come and pick Stephen up was the most capacitous thing here in that whole story and he never lost the hope what, what are the songs that he was singing oh it was Queen he it used to queen, sing every it? morning every morning <laughs> right listen to this for um, reasonable adjustment and somebody not hearing what's in front Sorry, of Brian. every single morning he serenaded the manager of that care home with I Want to Break Free by Queen and yet they didn't think he could, was capacitously telling them anything about oh, him wanting to go that's Brian's like, choice how obvious do you want as an objection yeah. that somebody but you've got to have real hope haven't you that somebody will listen that you and that you will get a different response yeah. that to me is the at the hub of hope isn't it that mm. that's you hope if you keep going with it, you keep the hope. What keeps the hope alive wow. is somebody will be different. You'll get a different response. This is, this is we say this quite a lot um, 
regarding older people in care homes, don't we? We say to a it's really common among social work for a person to go into a care home and they're strongly resisting, they're objecting, they don't like it. And very often we say, we'll review it in a few months because they might have settled down. And it's not that they settled down, yeah. it's that they give up hope, they give up the fight, mm -hmm. they stop fighting. You break the will. Um, yeah, you break them. Yeah. And then they give up. And then it's like, okay, we don't need... And in the old days, before Cheshire West, we used to say, oh, well, they're not resisting, therefore we don't need to do any dolls, they're not mm. objecting. And it, it was, they were just, they'd just given up. Yeah. Um, and I'd completely forgotten that until you mentioned that just then. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? Because they, when you... In order to have an open system, then you have to... You have to allow the critique. You have to allow the the, the more thorny issues to come to light. And I still think that doesn't that isn't necessarily a safe space for social workers and practitioners. You you are the lone voice potentially within that mm. that's trying to create that mm. crack in the door that is is the hope that somebody's asking you to to open the door and keep it keep mm. it going for them and and get them a different outcome that's mm. contrary to the group thing but when you look at every single serious case review that's in the country the consistent theme and learning is that closed systems have insufficient interagency challenge it are the basis of systems that become those closed um cultures mm. where um, abuse is an outcome and it is a consistent finding in, na in national serious case review audits. I think um, hope just kind of does keep people going, doesn't it? And, and the, the, the story from the book, the Elsie story, mm. um, is I think is quite telling in terms of what happened with Elsie is that the hope was John's voice on the radio, even yeah. though it was an auditory hallucination. That yeah. was what we're keeping her going from day mm. to day. Mm. The minute we involved ourselves as professionals we um metaphorically and actually turned the radio off we mm. turned that switch off so she could no longer hear john's voice that's what broke her will in hospital mm. and that's what's led led to a yeah to that a was her silver lining rob wasn't it blimey talk about <laughs> shoehorning in <laughs> um the song that I've brought with me today on 7-inch that I'm hoping that somebody's going to play is um, is Silver Lining by First Aid Kit. And this song, uh, I, I think kind of throughout lockdown, there were different things that I kind of went to, to you know, to kind of get you through. Yeah. So one of the things were kind of curb your enthusiasm and old episodes of that. And then the, the other thing is I kept coming back to this particular song by First Aid Kit. And I think it's just because it's very literal. There's hope, there's a silver lining. It just kind of reminded me of better days. This is First Aid Kit and Silver Lightning.
That was a tune. I mean, first aid kit are brilliant anyway, yeah. aren't they? They are. Yeah. I mean, listen to any of their albums and they're all high quality stuff. And I, I mean, such vocals and melodies. And that's that song, I, th- I think that in terms of that kind of country kind of, I, that they've perfected it there. Yeah. That's that's kind of what you want, three if, minutes of... If that. only all country and western mm. could be... I mean, two types of music there in... They're both country. Um, and Western. A bit of Blues Brothers. I'm so sorry. You can't be a bit of Blues Brothers, can you? You see? I'm hoping. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, Brian. That's all I've got to say back at you if we're going to go down that line. I'm so sorry. The old jokes are the best. So hope then. Let's continue the discussion on about hope then. So I guess that the last five years in terms of the development of social work and social work practice, we have embraced, I think, massively the idea of hope in terms of where we're going. I think there's, um, we can talk about hope in the, the, or a belief in the people themselves as well who we're working alongside. So rather than this this, this feeling that we, we need to do stuff to people, mm-hmm. um, for my mind, it's about um, a lot of it is just, he's saying we, we, we trust, we hope the person can, can manage on their own, can do their own thing without us. And I think... It goes right back, actually, this is, this is something I said quite a lot, but it goes right back to when I first started in social work, my first ever social work manager. I lie, I tell the story that he gave me a pep talk, he sat me on his knee and gave me a word as original. He didn't, um, it was an imperial mint, but he did um, He did give me this pep talk and he said to me, so Surely it's a mint imperial. Yeah, it's a mint imperial. Well, that's an imperial mint. <laughs> they're quite, they're quite sort of dogmatic, <laughs> those powerful. Those imperial mints are the ones that <laughs> the ones that take over. The globe. I hate those imperial mints. <laughs> Addresses. I think it was a... Anyway, anyway um, that's another discussion. That's another podcast. Um, but uh, he, he said, what's the, what's the purpose of, 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 your, of social work? And I gave him some sort of textbook answer mm. about reintegration and all the rest mm. of it. And he said, no, your, your aim is to close the case. I thought that was a bit harsh. Um, but he's right. He's saying people need mm. a social worker for a small period of time in their lives, and then they'll move on. Mm. If you remain in their life, 
there's never any. There's none of them. The, the big, uh, you create a dependence. Both the social worker yeah. becomes dependent on the person, mm. and vice versa. Um, so, yeah, um, I think the, for me the other the other part of hope is also that it, it's also about ambition and dreams, and and I think that's a really important thing, and that's a real learning curve. I think what has been for me in my social work career um we we worked with a group of people what is something that we call locally we call big conversation which was talking to people with learned disability about kind of what what do you want mm. from like we like we should know what, what what do you want from lives and what can we do to 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 help assist kind of get to where mm. where you want us to get to and one of the big outcomes the the, the outcomes were things that you kind of expect around employment meaningful employment and status and all the mm. things that that people have been denied kind of played into that social justice kind of uh, argument but then a lot of people were saying things like i want to climb uh, a mountain and the biggest mountain in the world or i want to be on top of the pot you know, i want to be a pop star i want to be yeah. and there were all these kind of real kind of high high kind of ambitions that people have got and when we kind of came to analyze it what are people really trying to tell us it kind of struck us that actually what they're talking about is hope and dreams and ambitions and for some reason for people with learning disabilities in particular that's just not been part of any conversation any social work conversation that we've had we've talked about needs and making sure that you're all right and that you're safe and well that you are safeguarded mm. and that you've got good quality support around you never at all properly looking at ambition about the fact that actually this supported living unit might be fantastic it might be the best place i've ever lived but i want to live in a bigger house mm. i want to get a better job i want to get a, something better and i thought for us that were that was some real proper learning, well, quite profound learning. That, mm. that, that, yeah, it's that we like we've, we've got and understood that there was a, a set of duties and a set of powers, a power to meet needs that comes out of it. And then we've thought about the process and the documentation and the paperwork that we need. And we can capture all of that so that we feel really assured we've got a defensible position. But we've really missed the fundamental point. When you go back to... Um, the the of all things the regulations the care and support regulations the assessment general assessment regulation it's really interesting because it talks about wishes it talks about mm. the person and when you follow that through and look at convention rights uncrpd rights of the persons with disabilities the um the um article 12 rights about protecting people's legal capacity talk about person's wishes and their duly supporting their will so that mm. their will flows through and it pulls right into case law any bit of case law at the moment coming out about whether it's in the court protection or the family courts or it's um it's a challenge a jr challenge they're all coming back to it's defensible if you are centered on the wishes of the person so what does that mean what do wishes mean well wishes to me if you take that kind of I wish is a, a Cinderella thing, aren't they? They're your fairy godmother, they're your, your ambition, the, mm. the, the, the things that kind of lift life and bring some sparkle and some ambition. That's what hope is. Yeah. So you can spend hours designing forms and processes and re-engineering and mapping it and totally miss the point if you're not careful. Whereas if you really focus on wishes and ambition behind it and genuinely aim high for every young person with a disability for every adult old adult and you really remember that human rights are in the small places and what that might mean might be something really small and mm. um, i just out off the top of my head you know i mean 
I was thinking about, and um, you were talking about big conversation. I was just thinking about um, a, a lady that I, that I worked with, where her wish was that every Saturday she had a cream cake. Right. She was eighty six with advanced dementia, yeah. and and she wanted a cream cake. She because of her dementia, she ended up that her daughter couldn't care for her anymore, and she was in a residential care home. Karen got really anxious about this, and they had about four different professionals come in, the dietetics and diabetes assessments, and in the end, her daughter was at a wit's end on the phone to to us, crying down mm. the phone about. My mum has had a cream cake every Saturday mm. for 60 years. Mm. Let her have a cream cake. It's what she lives for. It's her wishes. They're central. It's what gives her a hope mm. that Saturday is the day she longs for every week. That on a Saturday, she gets her cream cake. It doesn't have to be big, does it, Ian? But why should we be surprised? Everyone else is looking at Friday night. Is the night I'm going to go out and have a few beers. I'm going to go to the pub in the days when we could go to pubs, all that. Yeah, yeah. So why would we be surprised if somebody wants a cream cake? I, I, and sometimes as well, it's... It's just about. I think. I think a lot, for a lot of people we meet with disabilities, it's just about normality, isn't it? It's just wanting mm. to be on a par with everybody else. I mean, mm. I was just chatting before about um, a woman. I worked with. This is going back some years now, but let's call her Emma for the sake of an argument. And um, she, I sometimes tell this story in respect of the people she was hanging around with because she was in a care home. They'd asked us to authorise dolls for this person. We've gone to see her. She was. She had the capacity to make the decision. But what she was doing that was so upsetting to the, the care home staff was she'd go into town and she'd meet these uh, these two women, uh, the ne'er-do-wells as I referred to before, <laughs> uh, because it's uh, 1885. Um, <laughs> yes. You're a Victorian gentleman. <laughs> to finish well, that no, story. This, this particular, Emma, what she would do is she would she would meet up with these people. Um, she'd go into town, she'd got the cash machine, they'd draw out £200, they'd stay with her for 30 minutes, then they'd slope off and leave her on her own. And so the staff at the care home wanted to protect her and she said to us, she said, I know they're not my real friends. She said, but it's mm. worth 200 quid to pretend I've got friends, even if it's just for half an hour. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Now, that's absolutely heartbreaking for us, but she, frankly, didn't give two hoots how I felt. Um, and that's unforgiving. Um, so anyway, the, the thing with her was, though, she, we were talking, myself and the student social worker who was with us, saying you could manage on your own. Um, and you know her as well. Um, so myself and the student social worker, we were saying to her, no, you, you could manage on your own. She said, really, my mum says... Um, I'm living in cloud cuckoo land for thinking that. Uh, that's what she said. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we we said, no, you definitely can be living independently. You might need some support, you might not, but you can live independently. Look, she got tired of waiting for us, so she sacked us in the end as social workers because mm. we were waiting Good. for the Housing Association to get their finger out. We were trying, was, everything was just going too slowly for her, as it often does with local authority work. Um, so she got together with a woman with mental health needs who lived uh, nearby. Mm. They found um, a man with a van. They found a shared house. Long story short, they picked up and moved. She told social workers, um, please don't refer me on. I don't want anything. Thank you very yeah, much yeah. for everything you've done, but goodbye. And that's the point I was making right at the beginning about yeah. social work is a short-term intervention. It's not for life. It's just no. this. It's, I'm <clears throat> gesturing with my hands like you can see. Um, and that was my story, I hope, because that's, that was... We did catch up with her in the end. Yeah. We knocked on her door, went to see her. She invited us in. She sat on the floor smoking roll-ups. She was really happy. Now, I wouldn't have lived in a place like that, but I did when I was a student, I suppose. Mm. Uh, that's my story, I hope. Well, I mean, the student that you were with, what year What year was the student in? It was her first placement. So, a beginner. Yeah, oh, an oh. absolute beginner. Oh, you are clever, you. <laughs> <laughs> so this is your tune? Yeah, David Bowie, absolute beginners. What a banger of a tune this is as well. Mm. 
nothing much to take I'm an absolute beginner But I'm absolutely sane
can I just say? Yes. I'm not kidding, right? If you go and watch the BBC live performance of David Bowie, that thing that he did at Made Avail, mm-hmm. absolute beginners, that live performance. If you want to see true, true happiness, go and watch Bowie perform that on that Made Avail thing because he knows when he's performing how good he is. Mm. And that's that, that discussion that we were having that very few people, I mean, I meet a lot of adults that have kind of got a certain confidence in them, in themselves and in what they do. Yeah. Because we're kind of, we're, we're almost socialised into that, whereas a lot of people I know with learning disabilities are socialised out of that. Yeah. They're not taught to be confident and brilliant in who they mm. are because they are definitely operating from this um, deficit thing, this kind of yeah. deficit in terms of personality or who they are or what they are. It's because there's been such a fight to get the diagnosis. So um, the parents that um, that we work with, they you've spent such a long time trying to fight the system mm-hmm. that the bit that you don't have to fight anymore, that actually you can look to a different way of, of thinking and working. I, that's that's quite hard because you, you, mm-hmm. you've been really anxious and concerned that if I stop fighting, will it go backwards? Yeah. Um, but it's really, it's really, um, it's a really powerful thing, isn't it? Music, and we we record these in the school of rock and media, and I, when you start to talk about young people's dreams, then um, you meet the young person where they are, mm. and music is a really powerful tool mm. for young people, their ambition, their role models, their, the the young people we work with, where they want to be. They want to be in creative industries. They want to be, they've not, they're at a stage when we're involved and supporting them in their lives to make decisions about as you leave education, what do you want your life to be? Well, why should I have to create a long-term plan? That's adult language. That's adult language based on an act of parliament. I don't want to think about long-term. I, I'm not doing... I, I must have had 30 careers choices since mm. I was 18. Why should any other 18-year-old have to make a long-term plan? Yeah. And it bar me. But actually what I know is what I like right now. And what I like right now is the stuff that I get enjoyment and makes me happy. Mm. You know, we talked about Stephen Neary and his communication being through the language of music. Music for people with dementia is a really powerful thing. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the most important things in terms of brain and memory and how you function, how you think and how you can connect and how you can communicate. And um, it's the sig- most significant reasonable adjustment we can make, actually, is shifting into musical rhythms mm. um, in how we communicate. I, I, I always think as well about social work that... It, <laughs> It, in your life, and it's usually family members who do this because they love you, but you've enough people who keep your feet on the ground yeah. and who tell you that your dreams are nonsense <laughs> and yeah. get a real job or be a bit more sensible and a bit more pragmatic. And they do it because they're out of love, because they want to protect you. Yeah. And I just kind of think sometimes conversations with social workers over the years about... It's not your job to bring that person into the real world or to crush their dream. And there's a story, kind of going back to the book, there's a story in the book um, about Andrew, about being one in the crowd. Mm -hmm. And the really important thing about that story is that that's a young man who had been had his dream crushed all the time. Nobody had even explored or had a conversation with him about his dream, which was a football-related dream. His dream because he had then got a good social worker who realized it wasn't their role to crush the dream he left that to the whoever else was doing it he just went on the journey with him and opened up those conversations with him and in the end 
Andrew ended up being part of football, but it wasn't necessarily the dream that we all thought it was, the nonsensical dream about being a professional footballer, which he was never going to be. It was that he just got to experience something different. He got to be one of the crowd and he actually found his way. But without following that hope and ambition, having a social worker who really understood that that was part of our He found role. a place he belonged. Yeah, exactly. But it's, you know, when you talk about hope, actually, we're all human, aren't we? And the, it's the human contact. It's the human, it's being seen as human. It's having you your very first thing and is I become aware of me relative to you. Mm. Now I want to belong. I want you to belong to me. Those are really powerful. Yeah. Right back in in um, in any form of children's social work, they're really powerful themes to explore mm. about mm. identity and self worth and you know the social work role about unconditional positive regard. And um, oh. is is that basis on which um, that hope hope is nurtured and it blossoms into something real um, and becomes something really different and people are at the heart of that it's people who bring out the best and, and shiny happy people. shiny happy people yeah Ian's <laughs> Ian's smiling over there I'll tell you why um, so my nephew when he was um, uh, four drew a picture and he drew this picture that I've got up on the wall still because he isn't four anymore and I'll be mortified now because he's a teenager but um, it was a, a picture of like a massive face and he called it happiness and uh, and I was and I was like what um, what what is this Will why does this why is this happy why do you know this happens he said oh it's things that make me laugh and I was like well what's what 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 is it then? It's all oh, people staring at me. So there's this whole thing about I mean, from you know, this whole thing really about people and people to people and particularly for children, yeah. how pe how adults react with children mm. is a, a really really foundational for kind of how they perceive themselves and how happy mm. they are. And mm. so yes, off the back of that, completely shoehorned in, but I really love it and I make no excuses. Is REM shiny happy people? You don't have to make excuses for REM. <laughs> this <laughs> is that.
okay, that was Shiny Happy People by R.E.M. Thinking about, just thinking about R.E.M. and thinking about hope. I mean, I hope one day uh, to meet Michael Stipe. I think he's one of the most beautiful oh, yeah. human beings on the planet. Fabulous. That's an ambition. Well, he is, isn't he? You know, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. there's nothing... But why shouldn't you believe that? Yeah, why shouldn't you? Do you know what? Big conversation. The number of people who wanted to meet pop stars yeah. was massive. It's like that was their hope. They wanted to meet this person because they, they thought they knew them. They'd seen them on telly. I, they look nice. I'd mm. like to meet them because they're up there. Yeah. Not, not to put too fine a point on the hope, discussion but Anne Frank said and I'm probably paraphrasing here and I think it was Anne Frank, Sam Anne Frank said, your bonnet. Uh, um, where there's hope it can make you strong yeah. and I, I genuinely believe that I think that's that bit about if you've got the essence of hope it gives you some sense about mm. a future yeah. and picking up on the discussion you were having before about uh, people with learning disabilities and the bit about wants, dreams and aspirations. That's that's surely critical to any discussion with anybody. Yeah. And and I always think that we've no ex we've no excuse in social work for not understanding hope and people's dreams because the very fact that we got ourselves to university or college yeah. and decided on a professional career is that we actually decided on something that we we hoped that actually we could be better. We could do something. We yeah. could aspire to, yeah. to 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 something. So if we've been there ourselves, we've got to understand that other people have got that same hope and drive and ambition and need mm. to be and need to be spotted. It needs to be right at the centre of all what we do. And and it probably isn't still. We've, I think we've probably got quite a long way to uh, to go on it. Yeah, we know of a care home, which I can't mention obviously, but I know of a care home. Um, where they've really turned around the sort of model for caring mm. for older people. And one of the things they have in this care home is a wishing well. And so they invite all the wow. residents to sort of... Residents, all the people who live there. while you're talking about that. Can yeah. I just say that's yeah. giving me goosebumps? <laughs> the things that they put in, so the, 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 the manager said, and the staff said to the people who live there, what do you want? They said, oh, it won't happen, I can't do it. And they said, just tell us what do you want? And one woman wanted to go back to Ireland, just wants to go back to Dublin. Right, okay, they, they arranged it. They got to go back to Dublin. Another woman said, I just want to go to Blackpool and eat chips and walk down the prom. <laughs> well, yeah, Bob. that's what they did. Well, she yeah. went there. Somebody else said, I want to get drunk. Yeah. Mm. Let's get you drunk. Oh, so we've the, so we've the, got that this week, Ian. We've got a young man who's, and um, that's what he, he wants. He wants a peer to support him to be able to do what any other young man his age is. He wants to be able to go to the pub. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we've supported people as well. Uh, support, I hate using language like this, but another person who we knew was in a care... <laughs> Was in a care home. Was that me? No, that no. was news. I thought it was my natural electricity. <laughs> um, Feedback, rock and roll kids. <laughs> um, but if he went to the pub, he was controlled. He was allowed two pints. Mm. And the mm. reason he was only allowed two pints because, well, if he has, he'll get drunk if he has more than that. And it's like, do you not get drunk on weekends? Oh. Why do, you know? Why, why can't he? What's what's yeah. the issue there? But he, he did. He had support staff. He didn't need them. And again. Well, it's a, that's a really uh, that's a really interesting question, isn't it? Because the thing about hope is um, that with hope you also run risk, and mm -hmm. the risk is that that your ambition and your hopes don't. Ha good point. And why yeah, why is the only way you can <clears throat> yeah. the only way over time you ever get anywhere is if if you have to experience your hope being frustrated of, and it's all part of growing and developing and becoming who you are. Mm. The number of times anybody listening to this, will, any social worker or social work student will have heard someone say, you've put ideas in his head. 
Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. He yes. put ideas well, in his head. Yeah. Now he's going to be so disappointed because yeah. of what you, you've given him hope. And that's, yeah. and that's a, I've never actually had it where someone said you've given him hope, but certainly yeah. you've put ideas in his yeah. head. Yeah. You're talking to him about these pie in the sky ideas. Who do you think you are? I'm the one who's going to pick up the pieces. Oh. Usually that's um, a manager of a care home, I dare say, or it might be a relative, but um, uh, I've heard social workers say it as well, to be fair. For me, it yeah. was. Uh, it was the the bit about um, it's interesting the discussion about drink, isn't it, and pubs, mm. and because that's the thing that a lot of people are hinging hope yeah. on currently. Well, this yeah. kind of return you know, to some yeah, sort can, of kind of shops Easter opening. weekend and coming out of Easter weekend, mm. you know, all people really, all I want, all I want to do is I just want to be in a garden with my mum and dad and yeah. just celebrate Easter with them like yeah. everybody else. Yeah. So we've yeah. got Eid coming up, and you know, friends and and colleagues, they just want to be able to meet the family and celebrate. Yeah. Yeah, I have a vague recollection of um, during the one of the football tournaments, either some sort of World Cup thing, um, sitting with a group of people with learning disabilities and watching the, the England in the semi-finals against I don't know who it was Germany or somebody like that, and um, and and one of the chaps saying something about you know the only way this could be better is if we had beer, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. thinking. Okay, well, let's do that then. Yeah, because yeah. you are grown ups. You are adults. Yeah. yeah, you're living in a residential place. But, but beer is actually—it's a thing, isn't it? It's about reduced social. In an age of social distance, it's about reducing social inhibitions. It's yeah. It's about being able to have the hope that you can go back to a place where it's all right to hug. Yeah. I'm really touchy feely. I find mm. this environment really stressful actually that I can't reach out and have mm. physical contact with my friends just to kind of because that's who I am and I know other people might find that uncomfortable but for me it's a really important I find it uncomfortable I can't and I just all in the time in my head is the hope that tomorrow will be better that's yeah and they're really little things they're not big things to me that make better but they are massive things. Those bits about, for some people, the only physical contact they're getting is is personal. There's stuff around personal hygiene. Yeah. You know, I, imagine a world where that is the only physical contact mm-hmm. you have. That bit that we were saying before about ne'er do wells. I'm not being funny, right? I'm, I'm, I know I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. You know, like I know it's wrong, yeah. and I know we turn that into a bit of a laugh. But yeah, yeah. If that's never been discussed yeah. with you, that yeah. bit about having sex with somebody, and I was saying to somebody the other day about about when we were teenagers and that 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 wanton disregard for for being with another person, that bit yeah. about touching people and like yeah. you know consensual yeah, obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. if that's never been a discussion yeah. with you and never you've never had that then how do you then frame one's dreams and aspirations because yeah. well, that's the bit that we're after isn't we've it we've had it and um, we've supported a young woman who um her and her boyfriend wants to get married and both families were a hundred percent behind both of them but because she had a disability nobody had had the birds and the bees talk now ian will tell you the starting point for capacity for sex it's actually quite complicated the capacity for sex assessment in terms of the amount of stuff you've got to describe if nobody's ever had the birds and the bees talk ian yeah how do you describe the act and for me it's that stuff about if you if yeah. your lack of ambition is that she will never have a relationship a consensual sex relationship yeah. because of a disability why would we bother explaining mm. something that would allow her mm. to be able to articulate something to evidence legal capacity to live her wishes i mean to my mind this is all about 
because we're going away from hope and we're starting to go a bit down because it's about othering. It's like, and this is yes, this thing about a person with a disability can't be sexualized, a person with a disability can't drink, they can't be the same as everybody else. But it um, doesn't go away I, from hope because hope's about the, the hope to have a relationship. Uh, yeah, but the, it's, it's, it's true what you say though because very often in, in proceedings, if a person's, if we say they, they haven't got the mental capacity to make the decision to have sexual relations, the reality is they've just never had the education. Yeah. So then we have to go away and do that bit, then come back, but the court has to mm. give an interim declaration. <clears throat> um, but sometimes it, yeah. I might offer, I might offer. We, have, we are loaded with regret around some of that stuff. <laughs> I might offer. Some unwise decisions some along the way. Very unwise. Mm. And I, my worry is that we're creating that, that bit about two worlds where two standards exist. And actually, the way most of us learn is through the yeah. mistake. But this is yeah. a really, this yeah, is a really important conversation and it's one that came out of our big conversation. We sit in the School of Rock and Media. We are all really comfortable with the idea mm. of a gig buddy, a friend who can take somebody to, to gigs with them who yeah. can accompany, who can be your mate and talk about music and be enthused. That next logical progression is that that friendship evolves and it becomes something else. Yeah. And in in it's the single most complex place in terms of social work decision-making, actually. Yeah. How you support and enable adults who everybody else doesn't recognise their right to have that conversation mm. about, about sexual citizenship and reproductive rights. Yeah. It's a really big issue for women. That um, The hope to be a mum and mm. being really good and that, mom and that's is it, a really it? big dream I, and that, ambition. I think you've you've touched on something there because we 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 talk. We, this conversation is couched in terms of hope to have sexual relationship. The, that's a, that should be a given. There's things here that we need to be really careful about, isn't there? About because within our lives, our rights are absolutely sacrosanct, and it's a given that we have got a right to have a sexual relationship. It's a given that mm. we've got a right to express all our freedoms. Mm. But actually, when we talk about people with disabilities, no. we're couching it in terms of hope because that's as far as we've got with that evolution. Yeah. We've only yeah. got to the point where yeah. actually we're saying, yeah. you know, they should be allowed to hope for a, for a sexual uh, yeah. relationship. Yeah. Hope the risk but, assessment goes in their favour. Hope it goes in their favour. We wouldn't stand for that at all. No. We have got and um, that's where you get to the advanced social work. That's where I am thankful yeah. I've got colleagues like Ian around to help yeah, guide yeah. me. I think that bit about, because I hope, you know, like in, in, in my world and in my, as I've, dare I say, grow up, grown up and matured, I've always hoped for a successful relationship. Never quite happened, though. And yet, you know, like, I'm not saying that I'm... Uh, but but, I, but I've, I've kind of... People have been in and out of my life and it's not damaged me. Mm. So why would we make the assumption that it would damage yeah. anyone else? Mm. Yeah. That's a perfect, perfectly good way of growing up and maturing and again. Yeah. Yeah. But if we if 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 we view people with disabilities as eternal children, yeah. and often mm. people do, then then it is anathema, isn't it? You, yes. That's the last thing you'd want. Mm. But I like <laughs> the discussion around sexy time. I think it's the bit of, that we don't confront. We, we don't. Yeah, we, we, you're we, right. we try really hard, and I've just done it. I've turned it into something where I can I can talk about it by turning it into something moderately amusing. <laughs> but yeah. the reality is that this is a very serious discussion, and it's that. I think it's quite high on it's, everyone's dreams, wants and aspirations. Yeah. I do. It's something yeah, that... I agree. We do, I do have to do quite a, a number of these assessments of um, can a person make the decision to have sexual relations or not. And, and it is really cringy because you've got to be really yeah. explicit. I'm not going to do it here, but you've got to be really explicit in what you're saying because mm. I have seen people do it in the past. Um, I saw one... <laughs> Rob's laughing, he knows what's coming. I saw a another, another professional saying to a person... Um, 
while she was assessing her capacity to consent uh, to, to make a decision to have sex, she was saying, do you know, sometimes you might feel a little bit frisky. And the woman says, <laughs> what? You might feel a bit like, ooh la la, a little bit, you know. And this, this woman with the disability staring at her saying, I don't know what you're talking about. And she said, D- you know, the birds and the bees. And she still didn't... And yeah. It, you've, you've got to be explicit. You've you got do. to say... I'm not going to say it, because... But if I was assessing your mental capacity, I would say it straight out. I'd have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. As cringy yeah. and awful as it is to do it. These, if I've got to bear it, if they've got to bear it, I've got to bear it. Mm. So... Um, yeah, so they're all interesting things, aren't they? They're all interesting discussions. I mean, not that I'm getting uncomfortable with this, but it's getting very warm. Well, it? It, well, to me, but as I said, it's a really important time of year to explore that because it's yeah. a time of the goddess and it's a celebration. I mean, chocolate eggs are going to be everywhere, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. Egg is a sign of fertility. It's about birth and rebirth and the and that hope that something new is coming and, mm. uh, you know, going, kind of wrapping it all back together with the hope theme. Yeah. Spring, nothing is more hopeful than spring. And at the moment, I spend every day, I go out and I walk around my garden to see the bulbs I planted in autumn in the hope that they would flower in the spring. And they're all coming up. And it's it's the thing that I deliberately did this year because of COVID. And I needed to know that when we got yeah. past this winter, there would be some colour and light in the world. Sweet. So what does hope mean to you then? Oh, hope, loads of stuff. I've had a really bad week this week so I'm sorry to put a downer on it but um, it'll give it a context of what I mean by hope so last week on Thursday um, we um, lots of people know I support um, a domicile of care agency outside of this stuff and we had a client um, who's been with us uh, for the past year and actually COVID allowed him to go home because that was at the time you know when they were emptying the oh, hospitals yeah, yeah. or else they'd have put him in a residential home because that was the plan but because of COVID um he went home, um, he had motor neuron disease and dementia. A really, really fierce, um, independent guy, had mm. his own business, etc., and would climb out of the window <laughs> to avoid the staff. Uh, the first week was horrendous because I kept getting these calls saying, such a body's climbed out of the window, but he wouldn't give the keys to his house to any of the staff and um, wouldn't give any access to his money. So clearly knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah. But as he deteriorated, um, that became less of an issue. But he died on Thursday. Um, oh. But um, the, I suppose the hope thing around that is that we supported him in his home where he would have wanted to be. And I think he wouldn't have lasted the whole year if mm. he'd have gone to a residential home mm. or a nursing home. Um, so that's a bit. And then uh, if that wasn't bad enough, then my granddad died on the Saturday morning. Um, and it really brought our family. So given COVID, we can't really go in. In the Muslim community, when somebody dies, everything happens really quickly. Yeah. Um, and you end up congregating at the eldest relative's home, which would have been my dad. But we couldn't do that because of COVID. Um, so we had to think of other ways to kind of remember him. Um, um, and there were a number of people in the family that we haven't talked for for considerable amount of times, and it kind of brought us together. Oh, right. Um, with that, with the death of the client, and then all the stuff that's happening in the media about women and violence, etc. Um, my big message to people is to keep hope um, and share the love. Mm. Mm. It's kind of the whole discussion on in, on social media and the media. It's kind of changing things dramatically, I think. It's that bit about putting control. I mean, we were, we were discussing on Tuesday, weren't we, the people of the power thing by Patty Smith. Yeah. 
and and how potent a force that is in terms of remembering it and the hope that that gives us to be honest yeah yeah so I suppose for me in all of this kind of stuff which is really sad and um really difficult there's always a um, a ray of hope yeah. in that you know we ended up talking to each other um in difficult circumstances yeah. um and this stuff around Sarah that you know we'll be able to address some of the issues around violence against women yeah yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. I mean, I, I, my hope is that that does, that there's something significant does come out of that. Mm. I've got to say, <laughs> I sense the opposite, but my hope is that something good comes out, that change and true change really does come out of the uh, the last few days. Do you think that as well that um, that the hope from such um, a dreadful, dreadful thing to have happened that the hope is the outrage mm. and that that's what we need to harness mm. the fact that people took to the streets um and demanded uh, a change mm. that's the hopeful bit in the most bleak of yeah uh senseless and disgusting uh, 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 uh society can be yeah. that actually the the hope that you take out of that is that we're not just prepared just to accept no. another woman has died at the hands of a man and that's just another actually collectively yeah we're, we're taken to the streets and we're, yeah. we're, we're going to set you're going to feel our sense of outrage yeah and that we've got to change and, and i suppose also the bit about the bit about it not being it is an issue for women but it's not a women's issue it's an issue about men yeah. and, and yeah. their yeah. inability to behave and control themselves it's that whole thing around that that where i think that appears because despite me being one of the the big, the fiercest critics of men. I still have hope that we can we can individually change who we are and what we do. Yeah, I think that's the issue, isn't it? Out of anything that's really bad like this, the only hope that you can have is something good comes out of it. Yeah. And if we look historically about legislative changes, they've been as a result of something really horrible happening. Mm. I, I I felt that there's a dif there's a different tone. Um, that's kind of emerged and, and that in itself is hopeful. Um, yesterday I looked on our, uh, within the, the organisation that I work for, that our head of HR had put out a really powerful statement and links, and the links that she'd put out and the statement that she made was about men. Mm. Um, so it wasn't necessarily just, it, well, it wasn't at all about it's the safety of women mm. it was actually about this is aimed at our male colleagues in yeah. this organization this step up this yeah. is what you yeah. must do these are the actions that you now need to take and uh, you know 30 years working in social care i've never seen that before mm. I've, I've seen outrage from an organization i've seen chief execs go online and say things but actually to see somebody from hr deliberately talk to the men within the organization mm. um and say um you know not pointing any fingers but you lot you've got to change yeah. in order that you that you support your female colleagues um and and the people in your family women in your families and women in, in society who, who who you love i just thought that were quite mm. that felt like a real change yesterday when i read that i felt like well i've not seen that yeah. i've not seen that before fingers crossed it is i mean yeah. that's that that big thing about hope isn't it that's mm. the bit that we are that's the discussion the kind of thing that you hang everything on but the other thing that we hang everything on is a tune yay <laughs> so you what have we brought laugh, as in you as in rob mitchell can't laugh at my choice of song i won't laugh can, can i 
Why you would, would I laugh? You, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, no. I think you're what? more embracing of diversity. I'm more <laughs> embracing of diversity, I'll tell when it comes to music. <laughs> so, I was listening to the news, I'm not going to say which channel, <laughs> and they did a quick survey of um, the most uplifting tunes in COVID that help people get through COVID. And yeah. seeing as though our subject is hope... And the hope that we get through this pandemic, it's Eye of the Tiger. By Survivor. By Survivor. This is considered uplifting by one of the news channels. Yes. What? I'm, I'm only... It was a question. It was a direct question. I wasn't... It was the way you asked. Was I'm, it? Really Shall I try that again? Yes. <laughs> it can, it so, can only be the rocky theme, though, can't it? That's, oh, that's the thing, isn't it, about Eye of the Tiger? You can't hear rocky, it without thinking about... Yeah, yeah. I, I forget Bilbo. that it was the theme music for Rocky, though. I judge it. Oh, no, that's what I... Uh, oh, I see Rocky. Yeah, oh, Rocky yeah, going yeah. like that. You look can't see I, You know what I'm doing? Running getting through it. woods and uh, breaking... Yeah. Just realise what I'm doing. I'm confusing yes. it with the final countdown, by <laughs> Yeah, you are. Which is an I know what you're doing. Yes. I've just realised like, what I've done in my that's head. That's the wrong song, Brian. I've confused yes. it with no, that. No, no, no. No, no, no. I don't no, know no. why. I'm so sorry. No, there is a similarity, I That's all right. I get I get why you thought there was a bubble hair perm metal thing. The mid-80s so this is Eye, <laughs> Eye, of the Tiger. Eye of the Tiger by Survivor.
Ching, ching, ching. That was Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. I want to select um, a song about love, um, which is eight letters by Take That, eight letters being I Love You. Um, and I love Take That. You've met them though, haven't you? I, I, I serve them petrol. Uh, oh no, the, not a petrol station story. Anybody who uh, picked that up on uh, Twitter, I, I, I one day tweeted um, a list of all the celebrities that I've served petrol to in the uh, in the West Yorkshire area in the early 1990s. Yeah, take that came in one night actually, and they were lovely. Yeah, it yeah. would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, of apart from it. Gary, mm. big headed Gary. Mm. All right, we'll leave it there. Um, so. Uh, uh, do you want to say goodbye before we play the tune? Just want to kind of give a final shout out to students and talking about hope. The um, social work students, goodness me, they've really gone through it this year, haven't, haven't they? Just... We, we, we've struggled enough as qualified workers in the different roles that we're in, but uh, our student colleagues having their studies disrupted and their placements disrupted and they are still unfailingly the most optimistic and hopeful bunch of colleagues that I work with. And there's something about this year's intake, I don't know what it is, this year's yeah. students that, that um, absolutely blow us away. So I just wanted to kind of big shout out to and a goodbye to the um, students and say thanks for sticking with it thank you for being so hopeful because you give us hope absolutely uh, I was just thinking actually my, my niece has just uh, qualified as a social worker and just got her first job oh brilliant um, in the middle of all of this so I'm really 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 proud because um, it's, it's to, as you just said to, to, to do it anyway is difficult to graduate and then start trying to get a job when you haven't got experience and trying to come but, but um, in Maybe. the middle of all this as well yeah um, yeah yeah. I don't think I would have done it I don't I, no, far more imagine. resilient than I am. I'd, I'd have dropped out ages ago, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, and thanks for hosting this, by the way. Yeah, man. thanks, Brian. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> I was hoping yeah. for a bit more, something about, you know, like some final messages about hope. Um, so, um, yeah, just hope and love. Um, I've I've already shared my um, story yeah. and it gets me really teary. So all I can say is thank you to for for all the colleagues that have supported me over the last couple of weeks. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing you all again, working together yeah. physically. And finally, just a thank you to you, Brian, and thank you to Tony and everybody up at Psalm again for letting us uh, use these incredible facilities um, at this time. And to the listener, uh, thank you to the properly, listener. Properly embody, yeah. properly embody hope for me. What goes on in this building? Fab. Yeah, and can we just say if we've said anything that may offend or uh, create anxiety or stress? It's just the way it goes. We were only chatting. We didn't mean any anything offensive. Uh, I want to finish with this song. This is Take That and Eight Letters. Like you, I want to dedicate it to all those inspirational students right across Bradford and beyond who have tirelessly kept inspiring me. Yeah. Um, and the stuff that you do is utterly amazing. But I want to dedicate this to three very, very special women. To Kate, Macy and Hannah. Keep going, you're brilliant. See you later. Bye. Once the 
after another and what was the question and why was the lesson so deafening this is all that matters 